So at the Lord's Supper celebration, we are to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Those are the words literally from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-six. 26. In connection with that, I'd like you to turn to John chapter 13, the Gospel of John 13. We'll just read a few selections there. John 13, beginning at verse 12. Remember, it starts with Jesus Christ washing the feet of his disciples. And so here's John 13, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taking his, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Now turn to verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's our reading from John. I'd like you to turn to 1 Corinthians 11 now. 1 Corinthians 11. Page 1319, and I'd like to begin at verse 17. We'll read to the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is for you. It's broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and let him eat, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. 
And if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. After the sermon, we're going to sing hymn 78, verses 1 and 2. Brothers and sisters, loved by Jesus Christ, our Lord, or more specifically, brother or sister, are you a good preacher? Are you good at preaching? Because you have this in our text. We're just reading this. Proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word there is the same as for preaching. Herald the good news. Bring the glad tidings. Have you been preaching Christ? As we look at our Bible passage, I don't want you to think about the proclamation that I do as a preacher as any official preacher, because that's not what 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six is about. You have to preach Christ's death. You, as God's people, all of us as a congregation together, you have to preach Christ's death. Um, I'd like to cover two things here. First, what are you preaching? Let's get to the, the content of preaching. And to whom are you preaching? You have to know your audience as well. So what are you preaching, first of all? And as preachers, this would be helpful if you, you know what 1 Corinthians 11 is about and what's the background there. So this is what we dig into. 1 Corinthians 11, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim. As a preacher, whether young or old, what are you proclaiming? And the background here, what's happening in the Corinthian church is really going to shape your sermon. There's a lot of chaos going on. Verse 20, when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. It's actually quite embarrassing, the Apostle Paul writing about that. It was everyone for himself and herself. One was hungry, another is getting drunk. There is no unity. You know that in the background of, that, of, of 1 Corinthians 11. Um, 1 Corinthians as a gospel, a letter from the Apostle Paul, he says, I hear that you guys are all divided among yourselves. You're like, one's, I follow Paul, I follow Cephas, I follow Apollos. And you've all got your little groups and cliques. There's no unity. And then it shows up also at the Lord's Supper. One is hungry, another is drunk. There's no unity. You can't even agree on a table together. There's no waiting. You can't agree on a time. I think you guys are better off just ordering takeout next time. With this Corinthian background, you see that whether every single person managed to eat their personal piece of bread or get their sip of wine is not the point. That's not why you have the Lord's Supper. That's not what you're proclaiming. Hey, I had bread and wine. It's not what it's about. Notice the Lord's Supper is not supposed to be limited to what you get out of it. It's the bare minimum. When you hear that the Lord's Supper is that you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes, 
You might be coming to the Lord's Supper and say, what can I get out of it? Well, you, here's a text that says, you better be proclaiming. You better be doing something. It's not just between you and the Lord, not just about your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a communal meal involving the whole church. So this is about your relationship with other believers besides your relationship with the Lord. And so the Apostle Paul has this message with the word, remember. I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. And he gives a rerun. Remember how Jesus sat down with the 12 disciples, took the bread, took the wine, said things? Do this in remembrance of me. Together. And maybe you can't tell in your English because um, you just hear, do this, or you do this. But in the original language, you can tell this is a plural. Use, or as some Americans would say, y'all, do this. Do this in remembrance of me. It's a together thing. So verse 26, when you get to this, you're looking at the original language. As a preacher, you care that it says, as often as use, eat this bread and drink the cup, you all proclaim the Lord's death. This is about community. But the next word I want to highlight on this is that it really gets the emphasis in the original language because of the way the word order is put. What's first? What's most important? What's underlined in the original? Death of the Lord. As often as you eat this, the death of the Lord proclaim. And hopefully you see the connection with that whole chaos that's going on in the town of Corinth, in the church of Corinth. It should make sense. Nobody does this at a funeral. Nobody goes free for all, casual, whatever, you know, shrug your shoulders. Especially when you talk about death, there's a certain solemnity about that, a seriousness. Uh, It's kind of confrontational. How could you not be serious How could you not be solemn? And the Lord Jesus has set up a meal, bread and wine, to remind you of His body and blood. Remember my death. There's something solemn about that. Well, we have to go further because the Apostle Paul doesn't mention the Lord's death just to to dampen some Corinthian party spirit. Verse 26, Apostle Paul says, Proclaim, you proclaim His death. And you're bringing an official message as a proclaimer, as a preacher. A message that comes with authority. The Lord's death proclaimed that. You'll be asking, well, how do I proclaim the Lord's death? You realize you're not going literal on this, right? You're not going to be having a whole long message. You don't get to stand up and preach for 20 minutes or so. That proclaiming the Lord's death is really the shortest way of saying preach Christ. It's a really abbreviated way of saying, you know the message of the gospel. God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. It's the shortest way to say, Christ died in your place. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and He's now at the right hand of God. You know, His kingdom is at hand. That's another short way of saying the message. God saves sinners. To proclaim the Lord's death, you have to know how to summarize 
the message of the gospel, especially the senior catechism students who are we're learning about confessions and, and how to abbreviate the entire Bible instead of reciting everything. How do you put that message into a really short line? You say, Christ died for sinners. You belong to the one who ransomed you by his death. What's your only comfort in life and death? And then you're going to say that. I'm not my own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. So you know, this is not like in other places you hear proclaim the Lord's death and you're like, okay, he's got to give a one-hour sermon. It doesn't mean use a whole lot of words. Particularly, the Corinthian problem is that they were not preaching Christ's death. They were preaching about their preferences. Who was their favorite? Apollos? Paul? Cephas? How do I get my piece of bread? Or how do I get my wine? There's all this division because Christ was not front and center. That's how you get quarreling. That's how you get fighting. They lacked love. Secondary things became first. So the Apostle Paul is saying, as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you have to do what's primary. Strip away everything that's secondary and focus us on Christ. Proclaim the Lord's death. And how do you do that? Is it with a lot of words? How about a picture? Because that's worth a thousand words. How about a picture of us all being together on the same page? As a congregation, scarred people, hurt by each other, with our differences. You want to see a picture? See all of us centered on Christ's death. Proclaim the Lord's death. Be in this picture. And it's not a selfie. This is a family portrait where each of us has been urged by Jesus Christ to lean in. Get in on the picture. Hey, you guys on the right, you guys on the left, squeeze in. And there's this caption on top. When you send it out for Christmas, it'll say, The church family united by Christ in his death. And that's the main thrust of the message for the Corinthians. The Lord Jesus Christ did not just die for you. He did not just die for me. It's yous. Plural. He's the one bringing us together. The Lord Jesus Christ laid down his life for the sheep. Remember John 10? And his sacrifice is your life. His sacrifice is your joy. And his death is an example for us to follow, that we too would be doing what he did, getting down on our knees and washing each other's feet, emptying ourselves one day at a time, bearing our cross one day at a time. You are part of this family picture. A thousand words right here. A message saying, here is what Christ's death is doing, bringing us together. We're washing each other's feet. We're serving and allowing others to serve us. We're being served. That's the church picture here. You certainly don't proclaim the Lord's death with a collage. You know those collages where you can snip out little pieces of maybe words here and there and you stick them onto a big 
map. We're not separate individuals just cut and pasted into some mosaic. A picture is where we're interconnected, all forming one bigger picture. And we read this in John 13. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples because you love one another. You're knit to one another. In John 13, with that old-fashioned, hot and dry, dusty climate, washing one another's feet, that was a significant act of humility. You'd save that for servants, for those who are truly humble. So how are you doing that in your life? How are you proclaiming the Lord's death? The Lord's Supper. If you're going to preach at the Lord's Supper, this is not grab and go. This is about serving, caring, loving, and praying for one another. The Apostle Paul, he has in our passage, he's talking about serving and caring and loving and praying for one another. That's how we proclaim the Lord's death. Try to get along with somebody who's different from you. That is awesome work of proclamation. The second point I want to come to is to whom are you preaching? Because I hope for, for now you've got this message of what it is that you're preaching. You're preaching Christ's death and you're showing that Christ's death is bringing us together. You're serving one another and you're loving one another. But who is your audience now? That's my second point here. Because as preachers, you, you really should know your audience, building up in a relationship with them so that it, it connects. You want the message to connect. Well, there's a lot of ways you can go with this audience thing. Uh, I need to preach to myself. You need to preach to yourself. Others. Maybe even to Satan and the demons. There's the realms of darkness. You can have that as an option. But I want to focus on the work of proclaiming to others besides yourself. Yeah, maybe one day we'll go into that territory of how we as congregation proclaim to outsiders, to those who are not part of the church. John 13 will refer to that. He says, all people. By this, all people. And he's pointing large and wide, far and wide. All people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There's that kind of preaching that can happen. Some people join the church because they're like, I've never seen such community before. You guys are different from each other, and yet somehow there's a bond. And it's not a cult. Look at that. You genuinely love each other. You're not even forced into it. And you can think about the others that are watching. I'll leave that for another day. But Psalm 23, the famous psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. It, it mentions there, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. The table where we are at. And, and it shows you a good shepherd who's caring for us and he's protecting and he's feeding and guarding us. And there are people who watch that, and they're like, how does this even happen? And, it's, and it could be enemies, critics, 
unbelievers. But let me focus because as preachers, you always have to concentrate on one thing. Otherwise, the sermon goes on forever. To whom are you preaching? Let's keep it simple. Your fellow believers. We'll just highlight that for now. Other people in the church, you think of the children, the adults, the elderly. You proclaim to each other Christ's death. That's what you're proclaiming. You're living out this picture of your love for one another. That means being kind, being warm and welcoming, because the message is Christ died for you. This is so significant at the Lord's Supper. You get to say that to one another. Christ died for you. This is why it's beautiful that you, you come forward and you're passing by other brothers and sisters in Christ before sitting back down. You're taking active part in this communion so that you meet people eye to eye and like Christ died for you. God so loved you. He didn't leave you on your own. So this important focus, you know your audience. As you get to see each other, you know your audience? We're not clones of each other. There are so many things that could divide us. What kinds of quarrels, what kind of disputes would divide us? And here, what unites us is not my hobby horse, what my favorite thing is to harp about. It's not my gifts that God has given by His Holy Spirit. What unites us? Christ's death. That's obvious at the Lord's Supper. So from 1 Corinthians 11, you can tell the Corinthian church they had their problems. What they proclaimed... One was getting drunk, others going hungry, some rushing ahead of others. And the message they were proclaiming missed everything about Christ's death. It was me first. What do I get out of it? My food, my health, my happiness, my joy. And the word of the Lord says, as often as you eat this and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You have an audience. There are other people looking Listening, watching, is it true? Fellow believers, throughout the spectrum, young and old, and the bottom line is Christ died for for you. Bottom line, like we heard this morning, is Christ is king, your king. So you have an audience around you. And we're all supposed to be preaching the Lord's death until He comes. Those last couple words, until He comes, reminds you that this is a unique time of history right now. A time we need preaching more than ever because it's a pretty broken world, fractured and divided. People in this world don't get along. People in the church hardly get along. Don't we need preaching more? And you have an extended stay, it seems, in this broken world. Every day we have, before Christ returns, 
until he comes, do this. Proclaim the Lord's death and do it as a group. We need to hear it from each other. The children need to hear it. Adults need to hear it. Together. No matter your background, your heritage, your religious past, you're united in one thing. Christ's death. Can you say that above all, Christ's death is what catches your attention? Let's not be sidetracked. As the household of God, He has adopted us into His family. Scooch in. Get into on this family picture. This is where we proclaim the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.